Pratt's 90s kids and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I am Sam. I'm Rachel. And we are a real-life couple with a little bit of an age difference. And uh, this is a podcast where each week we introduce each other to a topic that's near and dear to us from our own generation in an effort to bridge that generation gap. That's such a beautiful opening. Thank Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I wrote it down. I say it the same every time. Yeah, well, we have a little script here because sometimes you need a little consistency. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of consistency, this week's topics are especially consistent. They really are. Yeah, this week's topics are Double Dare, a kid's game show from the 80s. And Legends of the Hidden Temple, an action-adventure game show quiz show from the 90s yeah wait is my show from the 80s yeah i think it is okie (laughs) dokie here's the thing we didn't always know so much about these topics and we're basically experts now oh absolutely but like a week ago we were completely in the dark that's right we you could say that we were In the dark? In the dark. Well, I just did. I said that. Oh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. But you could also say that we were in the dark. It's getting dark in here. Whoa. Take off all your clothes. Hey, what? It's so dark in here. Someone's gonna hurt themselves. My shin. (laughs) It's time for In the Dark, where Sam and Rachel interview each other to find out just how much they know about this week's topics. Yep, and this week's topics, um, I feel pretty dark. Yeah, I feel I, dim. I feel, but I'm dark. not totally in the dark. Yeah, well, the, I mean, well, let's get into it, I guess, like because these topics, for me at least, mine is very far in the past, so. Mm-hmm. We're really digging into the old treasure trove. Uh, Same. I think that mine is truly just slightly before me, but I watched a lot of reruns. Yeah, I mean, that's, look, that's what the Generation Gap's all about. Yeah. All right? You know, it's not about, like, what years was this always. Yeah, yeah. Quit trying to define what a gap is. (laughs) We know what a gap is. All right? We know. We get it. All right, Rachel. Mm -hmm. What do you think? the show Legends of the Hidden Temple is about. Okay, Legends of the Hidden Temple. If I had to just guess off the name, I would say some kind of Lord of the Rings-esque type show for kids. Uh, It's it's got some Indiana Jones. There's a hidden temple. Uh, But I do know that it's, well, I assume since I know what we are pairing it with, that maybe it's some kind of competition show. So maybe they have to go on a scavenger hunt to find hidden treasure wow i mean you'll see i guess (laughs) um so you assume that this is real life people competing against each other oh is it not is that what you're saying every time we do it in the dark (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying okay just checking i just want i need it on the record it's oh it's on the record we're recording (laughs) okay well when do you think legends of the hidden temple aired hmm i'm gonna say 1994 mm-hmm. to 1996. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very short run. Yeah. Um, and who do you think it was made for? Or who made the show? For Sam DeRost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was made by uh, Harrison Ford. Because he's... Because he's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Jones. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, fine. You want me to really guess? I just Tolkien. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Um, Disney. Rachel, who do you think Kirk Fogg is? Oh, Kirk. He is uh, an explorer, <laughs> and he t- he's like the storyteller of legends of the hidden temple. Hidden temple and. He's kind of like the narrator guy comes out and and that's his job. Okay. Very Mm -hmm. good. And what do you think Nickelodeon gas is? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm afraid. (laughs) During war times, they couldn't use slime. Um, (laughs) Nickelodeon gas. (laughs) Uh, Nickelodeon gas is like uh, bottled farts. Okay. All right. That's all we need from you on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Not even taking this seriously. I would like to ask you some questions. Okay. Sam DeRose. Yeah. What 
do you know about Double Dare? I think it's J.R.R. Tolkien. No, I think Double Dare is a quiz show for children. Hmm. And I will say that I I think I've seen Double Dare at some point, or maybe a reincarnation of Double Dare. Uh-huh. Maybe Triple Dare. Whoa. Um, so you think it's a quiz show? Okay, that's what you're saying. Oh, maybe there's. I'm just doing what you do. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. No, but it's helpful because I, I do such a good job. It's just like, <laughs> like maybe they ha- also have to like fight in like pools of pudding. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like they have to like wrestle mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> okay, you know, I wrote down one of the things I wanted to ask you is what was the genre of the show? But I feel like we both know we're doing game, game show. show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why do you think the show was called Double Dare? Um, because you're dared to do crazy things like drink pudding that people just wrestled in, <laughs> drink <laughs> or get, Nickelodeon gas, or get bide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, and uh, when do you think it aired? Ooh, like 1984 to 1980. Five. <laughs> no, nineteen eighty nine. I'll go one big year. Yeah, five years. Okay. Um, <laughs> really have not much respect <laughs> for Double Dare. It seems. So let's talk about like I don't know. Are there any famous like people on the show? Like Suzanne you know, Summers. <laughs> any famous alum or contestants? No. What's like? Is it Suzanne Summers? She hosted one of those shows. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, who do you think was the host of this show? Was it Suzanne Summers? Yes. Okay. And or maybe her dad, Ron Summers. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Summers. Uh, all right. And Sammy says, how did every show end? Uh, they get pied. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we will see if we got any of that right. When we go back to you, future Sam and Rachel. You broke the space-time continuum. I'll do it again. Okay. I guess we'll find out if (laughs) any of that was right. Uh, When we go back back to you, you, future Sam Sam and Rachel. Why am I sitting in a just a puddle of pudding right now? Uh, I, I feel like I was pretty close with wrestling and pudding. Oh, totally. Yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, so I was wrong about everyone getting pied, but wasn't there a show where everyone was pied? There were lots of pies on this show. I just think that the episodes that we watched, there weren't a lot of Oh, no, there was. We watched a girl stick her face in pie, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, she was very reluctant. But yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Anyway, we'll get into that and more. Right now, who's starting today? Is it Double Dare starting, probably? The choice is yours and yours alone. Oh, okay. That's a reference from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Cool. I know that now. Yeah. Yeah, let's start with Double Dare because, like all things, my thing matters. And is older. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, I think you did a pretty good job in the in the dark. Uh, How did I almost guess the host's name? The host's name is Mark Summers. And you said Suzanne Summers or, of course, her dad, Ron. Ron Yeah. Summer. There was something. You must have had something in your brain. I that did. Was, had something and with- what it was, was I was thinking of Summer Sanders. Who's that? She hosts a Nickelodeon game show from my... Uh, era called figure it out oh but i think that you're right something in my brain had yeah. known that there was a similarity between that host and the host of double dare <laughs> yeah so. mark summers hosted double dare when he hosted the show he was like in his early 30s and now he's 71 so if we want to just still hosting that damn show <laughs> if we want me to feel old it there you go <laughs> uh yeah and you were pretty close on uh when it ran and all of that um, so let's get into it here. So uh, what is Double Dare? Double Dare is a Nickelodeon game show where there's two teams of kids competing in both trivia and physical challenges to win prizes and get a chance at doing the final super cool and super messy 
obstacle course. Mm -hmm. Now, I I did ask you last week why you thought the show was called Double Dare, and you said it's because like they dared each other to do crazy things like (laughs) eat pudding that someone has danced in, which is pretty close. Obviously, we learned watching. I think it's two part. One is because if you don't know the answer to a trivia question, you can double the score by passing it to the next team. And then the other reason it's called Double Dare is because it's kind of when the show was created, it was like the idea was it's a combination of trivia and truth or dare. Right. So a little bit of everything there. Yeah, that's interesting. And it, I couldn't help but start thinking. Don't do that. Of, of the, the, the way the show is structured, right? If your team doesn't know an answer to a question, you can say an incorrect answer in which case it goes to the other team, or you can dare them, in which it goes to the other team, and they potentially can score more points. Yeah. Wait, maybe I should, before, it seems like you want to really get into the strategy, a double dare here. I'm interested. Which I am too, but let me, maybe I should explain to everybody how the show actually works. As you were saying, there's two teams, right? There's two teams of two kids each, and each team gets to pick a fun team name. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, uh, We watched a couple episodes to prepare for this, and some of the names of the teams were the Gruesome Twosome, the Wizards, Mm -hmm. the Riff Raffs, et cetera. Uh, And the show starts with a cold open, toss-up, like physical challenge, such as catching a ping pong ball blindfolded inside of like a a symbol of like a drum symbol and just whoever wins this challenge or does it immediately gains control and they get the first trivia question or whatever it's Uh, a very exciting opening to the show too because they're like this is double dare and what you're watching right now is people trying to accomplish this very silly thing and then it's like it's solved and then we're like into the show yeah I mean, the whole vibe of the show is how, like, seamless it is. It didn't feel like they ever cut the camera. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, seamless meaning because, yeah, one of our main observations is that this show doesn't seem very edited. Yeah. It is, but we'll, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Maybe seamless isn't the right word. You can see all (laughs) the seams, but continuous. Continuous, (laughs) continual, just like constantly running the camera. And and by the way, I feel like before we really dive in, I should mention, there's a lot of versions of this show. There's a lot of versions, revivals, iterations, including Super Sloppy Double Dare, Family Double Dare, Double Dare 2000. But what we are talking about today is mainly just the OG (laughs) Double Dare that was on in 1986 to 1993. Okay. Oh, so it goes into the 90s. Yeah. Um, You're telling me that not one of these iterations was called Triple Dare. Um, I actually do feel like there was something called Triple Dare, or maybe it was just that in one of the shows, maybe it was Family Double Dare, I can't remember from my research. There was a Triple Dare. You were allowed to Triple Dare, yeah, Yeah. and it would would just kind of increase the prize of that Mm -hmm. round, but yeah. So anyway, so as I mentioned, starts with a cold open. Whoever wins that physical challenge gets gets control and the first question. Then the host asks trivia questions. The main part of the game is just trivia. If the team doesn't know the answer, they can dare the other team to answer. And what that does is it increases the prize money. And then the second team can either answer the trivia question if they know it, or they can double dare, which pendulum swings it back to the initial team and again increases the prize money. That team can then either answer correctly or they can request the physical challenge. And as I think we learned watching, that's mainly what the kids want to do. The kids are there to do the physical challenges. They pretty much always choose the physical challenge. Uh, The physical challenges are silly and messy and they're kind of the crux of the whole show. It's stuff like filling a container past a line with like green slime or whipped cream or catching pies in your pants like as they're halted at you from a catapult. (laughs) Like these are the types of physical challenge that could happen on Double Dare. Uh, So this kind of back and forth trivia and physical challenge Double Dare situation goes on and on. At the end of the game, time is up when a buzzer rings, which we thought was quite alarming. Uh, Whoever is in the lead just basically 
wins. Like no matter what, even if they're in the middle of a question, they win. But what's really cool is that whoever is in the lead at that point gets to try their hand at the obstacle course. And that is what the show is all about. It's the main thing I remember from watching Double Dare as a kid is doing this obstacle course at the end. I have to say one thing I think is cool is that when that buzzer goes off and one team wins, both teams get to keep whatever money they won. Like Mm -hmm. even the losing team gets to keep whatever money they earned thus far. And then the obstacle course, the obstacle course has tons of different elements. And, and some of these challenging elements would like repeat in other episodes of the show or come back on future shows. It was, it was the obstacle course was just like a series of these weird elements. So there was like a big nose that you had to pick Mm -hmm. like a flag out of, and there's like gross stuff inside. There was like a tub of balloons you had to get through, uh, the Sunday slide, which looked like it was covered in like chocolate syrup and whipped cream. And you had to like slide down it, anything to get messy. Right. Mm -hmm. There was the, gross slimy tongue like mouth element Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh just again anything to get really gross uh what's cool is that you got prizes at every single obstacle that you completed and so i think that at least one of the ones we saw was like you had to do eight obstacles in 60 seconds and at each obstacle you would win a prize if you got it um Our other observation, though, was that like these elements of these obstacle courses kind of look like they've been sitting on the set for weeks without any cleaning. (laughs) Like they just looked kind of gross. I'm going to be real. One of the main differences between our two generations is the slime formula for Nickelodeon had clearly changed at that point. You know, like the ones I'm used to are like fluorescent green. Mm-hmm. They pour perfectly, <laughs> you know, because they have to pour it at on Whoopi Goldberg at the Kids Choice Awards. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't have some like, you know, like sun baked guacamole looking oh, coagulated so mess that well, they had in your generation. Well, it just kind of, you know, it, it was. It went through years of training and testing and technology changes and recipe changes. And since we're talking about the slime, I wanted to say that it was originally like the slime from Nickelodeon. Even if you never watched a Nickelodeon show, you probably know about slime. It was originally introduced on another Nickelodeon show that we have talked about doing on this podcast, so I don't want to get too far into it, but it was introduced on You Can't Do That on Television, which was another one of my favorite shows. And so that was where it was first introduced, and then because people loved seeing other people get gross, Mm -hmm. uh, they started using it on Double Dare, and then like it just became like a staple of these kids' game shows it was i mean to me it is the mickey mouse of nickelodeon right yeah is the green slime yeah so true yeah yeah so you want to talk strategy let's talk strategy so well strategy is what counts my friend here's the thing (laughs) if you're a team and you don't know the answer why wouldn't you just get it wrong because then the play passes to the other team and they have to start over the point value. You don't double the points for them. Yeah, right. Like that's what, so like from a game perspective, I do. So of course we're going to look at this as like board gamers, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like from a game perspective, I think it's interesting that you could dare, if you know the answer yes. to a question, right? Like let's say they're like, one of the questions is like, what is the capital of Montana or yeah. whatever? And you know, you know, it's Helena. Sam didn't know that. I was like, Dubuque? (laughs) You know what it is, but you don't think the other team knows. So you could technically dare them, knowing they're not going to answer it, knowing they will double dare back, and you've just like doubled the prize money for yourself, and then you could answer correctly, right? Like, that's kind of a cool little strategic move. Now, that being said... There was no strategy on Double Dare. Everyone just wanted to get gross. They wanted to get covered in whipped cream. No, Rachel, those kids want to answer the questions. Okay, they do. (laughs) Now, they also want to do the physical challenges, but they don't want to not know the answer. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand why they wouldn't do it. Right, they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to look stupid. Yeah. And there are two types of questions in Double Dare. Softballs 
and questions designed for them to choose physical challenges. Right, yeah. Like, it would just be like, who's the mouse that's the thing, that's the mascot of Disney? You know, and you'd be like, Mickey. And it would be like, what is the official language of Germany? And yeah. you'd be like, German. That was and an would, actual question. We and saw. it would be like, what's the first Mark <laughs> Twain novel called? You know, and you'd just be like, a uh, physical challenge. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you do have to dare and get a double dare in order to do it. Overall, I think it works great. But I was noticing, I was like, there'd be a question where I'm like, this is the one that's supposed to stump them. And they had they set up the challenges. Like, it would be a disaster if the kids just competed in, in 20 only. minutes of trivia, right? Like, it's clear yeah. that they throw in, like, two questions that are designed to uh, initiate those What's challenges. funny, though, is that, like, this show is, I'd say, like, the definition of, like, analog television. Uh-huh. It really felt like... Out, it, it feels so dated to watch now. Like we were saying, it feels like it wasn't edited. Um, but even to the point where there was like, they would do a challenge. There was like whipped cream all over the floor and they would have to just keep going. Like right. there, no one, they didn't go to commercial and clean. No, they just kept going and everyone was just falling all over the place <laughs> and looking it ridiculous. No, the solution was for Mark Summers to just grab these children <laughs> and be like, hold on. It's slippery here. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, our biggest takeaway was like this show had no budget. That's that's just what it feels like. The kids are asking questions about the challenges on camera. Now, yeah. we they are didn't like cut the camera to explain the game to the right. kids. Yeah. I'm amazed that the show worked as well as it did. I honestly, know. You know? I know. Well, we're also we are Survivor fans, and that show is polished, but you know. That show's been on the air for 43 seasons. So they've had time to get it polished, you know? Yeah. We were watching an episode from like 1986, like the first year it was mm. on, you know? I think both of the episodes we were, oh no, we watched an 88 and an 86. So, you know, it was just like very analog is my my main word for it but yeah there there was like zero editing the host would mess up they just keep going they you know like on a game show they they give like a intro to each of the contestants like denise loves to play tic-tac-toe and has two cats you know Mm -hmm. and every single kid was like now you like cheerleading great and you like cheerleading right or was that on legends of the that hidden was temple? legends of the hidden oh, temple wait, every girl was a cheerleader okay but on this show there was one point where he was like all right and here's this this little girl and she's the what was it she's the lead jump oh, rope tr- jump roper in her whole community or like her whole district and the girl goes no, I'm not. And he's like, you're not? And she's like, no, there's a lot of people who are way better than me. And he's like, well, anyway. And it's just like makes it into the show. Like, it's just so bananas to like watch that, you know. And you see what time and budget money can do once you get to Legends of the Hidden Temple, which is clearly, you know, based on what Double Dare kind of laid the foundation for. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, let me give you some fun facts about... Ooh, fun facts. Some facts, some history. So, one of the things I thought was pretty cool is this show was the first of its kind. Yes. So, you know, again, we we always are like, oh, your show looks so stupid, but it's like my show had to exist in order for your show... It really feels like a Mr. Wizard, uh, Bill, Bill Nye, Nye situation yeah. like we learned in season one. So uh, from Wikipedia, in the mid-80s, Nickelodeon was approached by production and consulting groups with the idea of doing a game show for kids because it just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. The network had never done it before, Nickelodeon, but like research had shown that kids really like watching game shows with adults, but they didn't have a game show that was targeted at their demographic. Mm -hmm. So they put this together with the idea of it being like, Truth or Dare and Trivia mixed together. Initially, some of the potential hosts that they thought would host the show, the first was Soupy Sales. Like, do we even know who Soupy Sales is? I've heard that name, but they should have gotten Summer Sanders. (laughs) Right. If we're going to go alliterative. Soupy Sales was just like another like comedian and radio personality and stuff, but just like 
so old timey. Yeah. Like he, it was, he was too old for this show, you know? Then they asked Dana Carvey and he was going to host it, but he got an audition for SNL and that conflicted. And then they went to Mark Summers. Dang. Mark Summers was born Mark Berkowitz. Okay. Uh, look, as a proud Rosenthal, <laughs> I just want to say I did not change my stage name to something less Jewish like everyone else did back then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after college, Mark Berkowitz uh, debated whether to pursue a career as a rabbi or an entertainer. Mm. Uh, yeah. And obviously, he is now a rabbi. Now, uh, <laughs> he unsurprisingly was a radio DJ and a stand-up comedian before becoming the Double Dare host. I thought this was a weird fact I found online, which is that like he suffers from OCD, which is really tricky in a show like Double Dare, which is so messy and there's so much touching and like all this stuff involved. So unstructured, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they they didn't. They clearly didn't have like marks for the kids to stand on. Like just making a television show now. Like oh my God. you can't stand where you want. Like right. everywhere you stand is very rehearsed, you know? Like, so nuts. And then apparently he he like went public about having OCD mm-hmm. and it cost him his job at the time with he was going to be the or he was the host of Hollywood Squares mm. and they didn't want like this is just how again we talk about this on the show all the time how they viewed mental health issues they were like you have OCD you can't be the host of Hollywood Squares and it went to Tom Bergeron whoa yeah he does have Tom Bergeron vibes though right. i will say when right. i was watching that felt very familiar similar era of comedian for sure yeah so i mentioned there were like a bunch of like revivals and iterations of this show so there was a revival in 2000 and then in 2018 first there was a half hour special that celebrated like the 30th anniversary of the show and included the cast members from all that oh fun doing the show like maybe they were the contestants or something and then there was another like revival of the show that went from 2018 to 2019 there's just been and like i said there were all those other ones too family double dare etc in the 80s right after its debut double dare had more than tripled viewership for nickelodeon's like afternoon programming it was the most watched original daily show on cable television which was huge for nickelodeon um, because it kind of like helped to establish them as a network on cable. Yeah. I found out that like in 77 or something, when Nickelodeon first started, they were called Pinwheel. Hmm. And yeah, it took them a while to find the branding and stuff. But I do think that this era of kids game show was really the launching point for mm. Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess it like remains its longest running, well, Nickelodeon's longest running game show. Because now Nickelodeon's had lots of game shows uh, for kids. I'd say like some critical, you know, looks at the show was that it wasn't very educational. And so, of course, like the critics thought all children's programming had to be educational. Um, But, you know, there was some trivia. We learned that German is the language of Germany. Yeah. Um, And it was so popular that it created lots of versions of the show in many countries. So it was in Germany, Canada, the UK, Netherlands, India, Australia, and Brazil all had Double Dare. Yeah. uh, Different versions of Double Dare. Um, And then, you know, it was nominated for two Emmys, two Kids' Choice Awards. Whoa. And in 2001, TV Guide ranked the show number 29 on its list of 50 greatest game shows, period. So not just kids' shows, but... Uh, just game shows in general. So, but yeah, I feel like our favorite thing to just kind of notice is just, <laughs> as we mentioned, it just seemed, it seemed a little, it seemed like it could use a little editing, a little work, a little pizzazz. I'm, if more than it needed it, I was just surprised <laughs> yeah. to watch anything that didn't have it. For anyone who hasn't watched this show recently, we watched an episode where like, I just couldn't stop laughing. It was like there was maybe like one PA and then you could see like the director or producer who's like on mic is on camera because the obstacle course is so chaotic and there's like whipped cream everywhere and slime everywhere. And and instead of having like a PA or someone to move the kids from obstacle to obstacle, et cetera, Mark Summers is hosting 
narrating, narrating, doing a play-by-play and being like, over here, you have to go over here. And like physically grabbing the kids' arms to like swing them around to get them to the right place. I mean, it was so chaotic. I was like, how is this? How is this the way that they decided? They just didn't have enough staff. No, they didn't. (laughs) They needed one adult that was not the host of the show (laughs) per obstacle. It was so funny. It was so funny. And like, you know, we know everything about Survivor. And I was watching this just thinking like, they need the Survivor dream team. Yeah. They need the dream team is the people on Survivor who before the show starts, they like go through all the obstacles and like test everything out. And I'm like, that was not done here. No. Also like the obstacles in the obstacle course are just like micro obstacles. Yes. Like, it is like, just do this. And it's like, even if you kind of like trip and fall, you just kind of get through it. You know what <laughs> like, I mean? Like Even the physical challenges before the ending obstacle course, like one of them was just like, carry a potato on a spatula. Like it's like stuff that like my parents did for me on my birthday in my backyard. Yeah. You said stuff like, oh, this feels like field day. Field and day. it had those vibes. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's like a bar game or field day yeah, versus yeah. like a game show you know, level obstacle or physical challenge. I don't know. But that being said, I'm being a snobby adult. As a kid, this was so cool. Like, we didn't know what we were missing, you know? I loved it as a kid. Also, that kind of, like, chaos and stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's so fun for a A tank of balloons. Like, it's just, you get to go down a slide of ice cream and whipped cream like that's pretty cool you know yeah and it really makes you because obviously and this is going to come into into play hugely in legends of the hidden temple but like as a kid the appeal of these kinds of shows is like what if it was me or like what would it be like to be on that show and i imagine watching double dare that just look i mean it does it still looks like a lot of fun but we apply that to like kids programming and like it's funny because, like, that's probably the same reason, like, you and I w- like Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It's, like, in the back of our minds somewhere, we'd be like, but wouldn't it be cool to, like, be on Jeopardy and totally killing it? Of you know course. what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, like. I mean, when we're watching, we're scoring ourselves. Yeah, and we play score. along. <laughs> we play along. But, yeah. yeah. But, oh, God, the super, like, 80s and 90s elements of design on the show. Oh. I mean, Sam is a constantly, like. It's like the fluorescent colors are attacking him. Yeah. There's just this like worm pattern that appeared in a lot of 90s design. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fluorescent yellow with pink squiggles. And it reminds me of just like Will Smith too, like his pants on Fresh Prince. And maybe even the credit sequence on a Fresh Prince is just, it was everywhere back then. But yeah, I mean, clearly it stuck, stuck with us. Um, We've kind of talked a lot already about the thoughts from today the last thing I was I wanted to say was that the prizes were like really good. Oh my gosh. Like, what was it? It was like a six hundred six hundred dollar gift card to KB, KB Toys. Toys. Immediately I start thinking because I was on a game show in twenty nineteen. And so I immediately start thinking, like, do the parents have to pay the taxes on all this stuff? Because it's like TVs and like six hundred dollars like that's a lot in 1988 money right yeah um in 1988 six hundred dollars is worth one thousand five hundred forty seven dollars today that's i love a today's money calculator oh my gosh it's great but like (laughs) can you imagine i can't even imagine i work at a board game store and i am obsessed with board games Mm -hmm. if you gave me fifteen hundred dollars i would struggle to spend it. No, you would not. <laughs> In one, at one time, yeah, I would. Yeah. Over well, the course of a year, that's easy. But. There were some things with these prizes. So they were, I, I say they're really good because I feel like they were very, like, expensive prizes, like, really big prizes. Yeah. Obviously, this was the beginning of, like, product placement on these shows for children, right? 
the, the one of the prizes was an electronic dictionary, which is just so funny. I like saw it and I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I had that. Mm. It just looks so outdated. It, it, it's funny when you have the internet at your fingertips now. It's just funny to be like, it has over 500 words that you can access, you know, and you're Instead like. Instead of all of them. All of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a quote that Sam said when we were watching. One of the prizes was an answering machine and Sam mm. goes. That landline answering machine has wood paneling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad and mom, my mom still might have this radio that they use for an alarm. And it 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 is like wood paneled. <laughs> it's so funny. And I I like, I, it, it looks nice, but it is like so silly because now everything has to look like sleek so and sleek. metal and like no buttons and yeah. then they they were adding slats to things back then yeah you know what i mean yeah also there was um two of the prizes were your very own color tv and mm. sam goes you know it's old if you have to specify if the tv is in color or it not. actually did squick me out a little bit i'm never bothered by our generation gap but hearing <laughs> one of your programs say the phrase color tv Made me go like, am I dating a silent film star? <laughs> you know? Have you ever noticed that I'm just black and white with yeah. zero color? Oh, I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> yeah. You always say like, I'm ready for my close up. <laughs> Where did that come from? Okay. There was also one of the prizes was, it, it was a VCR. And they said like, now you can record episodes of Double Dare from your own home and rewatch them whenever you want. Uh, so these days they would never give us a piece of technology to give us that kind of freedom. I know you're so right. Now we got to pay for it. Yeah. The last thing I will say, by the way, is, um, I did ask you if there were any famous alum or contestants oh, on the yeah. show. I don't have like any super fun, uh, things to say but there does just seem to be a lot of overlap with past episodes we've done of this podcast so like Keenan Thompson and Kel yeah like reunited to compete on this like special episode of Double Dare that they did in 2018 I think it was and I was mm -hmm. like of course so there was like all that was on it mm -hmm. you know so you gotta have Keenan and Kel yeah yeah what are your thoughts uh, overall, I thought it was really fun. I think I had seen some version of Double Dare at some point. The nose was very familiar. The word summers was familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It seemed very straightforward. The episodes zipped by when we watched them. Um, the kids were adorable and just yeah. not prepped for television in the same way that they would be now. Right. You know? And they were younger. Like, you know, we're about to get into Legends of the Hidden Temple. I think we decided that the the contestants seemed a little bit older on that show. And yeah, on they, Double Dare, they were younger. I think it's 9 to 14 on Legends of the Hidden oh, Temple. Oh, really? But if you were 14 and got accepted, like, you might have turned 15 by the time you filmed. Mm. But the um, kids looked like, yeah, 14, 13. And, and it then makes on sense. Double it's Dare, a more physical young. game than yeah. Double Dare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they yeah. got mouth guards. Yeah. And knee pads. <laughs> Helmets. Knee pads were just huge on all just across the board. I feel like whoever was making knee pads like in the 90s cleaned up. Oh, yeah. Rollerblades, kids game shows. Mm -hmm. We loved knee pads. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing knee pads right now just in case. They look great. Thank you. Do you feel safe? Uh, I, it's actually hard to walk in them. <laughs> All right. Anything else on Double Dare, Rachel? Uh, no, I double dare you to get into Legends of the Hidden Temple. Okay, all right. Legends of the Hidden Temple, not Lord of the Rings. You guessed that it was from 94 to 96, which is crazy because it's 1993 to 1995. Oh. You got the exact... You got two of the years correct in the right window. Like, that that was wild. I'm good. Um, and uh, I was just thinking about this when we were listening to In the Dark. Uh, the temple is not hidden. It's literally on set the whole the whole episode. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I, I but the fan of this show for like thirty years. <laughs> just found this. It out. should be called Hidden Legends of the Temple. Yeah, hidden treasure inside a temple, <laughs> a visible temple. Uh, okay, so Legends of the Hidden Temple. 
is an American action-adventure TV game show that ran from 93 to 95 on Nickelodeon, hosted by Kirk Fogg. And if you're asking, what else did Kirk Fogg do? The answer is, not a lot. And a giant Olmec head named Olmec, okay? Uh, The show was a mix of Indiana Jones and Jeopardy. Ooh, I got it right. Where six boy-girl pairs would compete in physical and trivia challenges for a chance to win prizes. Uh, But the show always culminates in an epic obstacle course, sound familiar, uh, called the Temple Run, where in the winning pair would traverse 12 or more rooms uh, by completing puzzles and avoiding ethically questionable temple guards. <laughs> okay? Uh, but the, the structure of the show was always the same. There are four rounds. The first is called The Moat. They clearly had dug a big swimming pool, and they used it. Okay? <laughs> uh, it was either a pool of water or fog or something that needed to be conquered via, like, a rope swing or like you you uh, like floaties or like stepping across stones. They not only dug a pool and needed to use it, but they also were like, we got like 10 fog machines. Oh, we got to use them. Oh, it. I, I saw a thing that the show gets foggier and foggier <laughs> as the so seasons go. We watched season two and season three, which season three is the foggiest Very season. Foggy. Yeah. Um, but the moat will have the first four teams move on. There are six teams, um, and the first four teams move on to the steps of knowledge. This is the part of the show where Olmec uh, tells the episode's legend, and the teams are like listening and have to answer trivia questions based on the tale. And the first two teams to get three correct answers move on to the temple games. The Temple Games uh, consists of three challenges where each team member does an individual challenge, and then the final one is a team challenge, which will decide who gets to do the Temple Run, which of the two teams. Each individual challenge one would earn their team a half pendant of life for the Temple Run, and the team challenge would give you a full pendant, okay? What are these pendants? Why am I just bringing these up? Well, you need them in the final phase, which is the Temple Run. A 12-chambered escape room full of janky puzzles, hidden doors, and terrifying adults dressed as Mayan warriors. Uh, They all had to be tackled in three minutes. And this part of the show... It's like impossible. This part of the show is very difficult. And I got the stats here. Only about a quarter of the teams that ever attempted the temple were able to be successful. Yeah, we didn't see it happen. I was like, why didn't they maybe change the rules or the timer to make this just like slightly easier? They did bring the show back for like a season. I feel like in 2019 or something, there was that big like throwback uh in the in the late teens there and uh they did change it where they gave them like a whole extra minute for the temple Mm -hmm. they removed some of the rooms they gave them more pendants of life like they just made it easier they They made it they had adults in there like i'm not (laughs) even joking i'm like what that's not even the show the show is hard you know um but legend of the hidden temple was peak 90s nickelodeon okay After the success of You Can't Do That on TV and Double Dare, Nickelodeon was producing more than six other game shows at the same time of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Okay? Uh, The show would film up to six episodes at a time in a day. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, and they would film, basically, they'd film, like, all the moat challenges. Like, so they'd have, like, the whole team's do all the moat challenges and then it's like the next episode's moat challenges and then they do that and so they do like six so it's edited like film yeah yeah you talk about like the they, different- wait so they would bring in different contestants to do different moat challenges and then then they do steps of knowledge See, and then they do six is, episodes worth of steps of knowledge this is then- what you can do on a show that's actually edited <laughs> yes meaning though rachel that uh they would film uh, a whole season, like 50 plus episodes mm-hmm. in like 10 days. Yeah. I mean, that's what game shows do today. Yeah. yeah right. True. I mean, we know from when I was on Pyramid that they shot a whole bunch of episodes in one day, yeah. you know. Um, so they'd film all these challenges consecutively. Right. 
uh, so that you'd end up with that they would be filming the temple run like almost to like 1 a.m. Jesus. Which means that there would no longer be a studio audience. So there is like canned oh, sound means, for the that's temple That's what runs. I said. I was like, this sounds like a little bit of a mix because the audience sound on Double Dare was just like kids shrieking. Yeah, shrieking And then is like the on, on Legends of the Hidden Temple, I'm like, it sounds just like too whole. It's like, it's got adults. It's got kids. It's so balanced. I'm like, this can't be a live audience, like only, mm-hmm. you know? All right, so some fun facts. Uh, Legends won an award for the best game show at the 16th Annual Cable Ace Awards. Cable Ace Awards? Yep. Red Carpet City. (laughs) When you said yours won an Emmy, I was like, well, my fun fact isn't going to be that good. I think it was just nominated twice. I don't think it won. Oh, okay. I'm not sure, actually. Um, Yeah. Here's an interesting one. The series was originally intended to be titled... Secrets of the Haunted House, hmm. where monsters would jump out and frighten the contestants during the challenge within the haunted attraction. But the producers decided to redesign it as the Mesoamerican Temple and replace the monsters with Mayan Temple Guards. Mm-hmm. So, about those Temple Guards, all right? Yeah, maybe describe what they look like so we can get into how they, racist they're, they were. They're dressed as like Mayan warriors. They're like writers or producers of the show that are dressed in, you know. Are they really? Yeah. yeah. Obviously there's some 90s insensitivity here. Okay, We literally have American children competing over who gets to steal treasure from an ancient tribal civilization. <laughs> okay. Feels wrong. Um also, the show had a tendency to lump a lot of like Central and South American cultures together, mm-hmm. uh, and the Temple Guard costume itself was a little inauthentic, to say the least. Uh, however, despite that, and the fact that the show tried to make the Temple Guards not scary, uh, they failed. Yeah, the, they're really scary. Uh, adults in masks surprising kids in dark fog? Always scary, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I watched a compilation of kids getting scared by <laughs> temple guards. That's pretty enjoyable. Uh, and I can't imagine, like, at, every time at the end of that episode, and now we know the filming schedule, right? It's like 1 a.m. by the time Kirk Fogg is like, okay, great job, purple parrots. Looks like better luck next time. Like, you just see these kids defeated traumatized and exhausted yeah that does make a lot of sense because they always did look really tired yeah yeah i mean granted the challenges they were doing were also very physically exerting like i was saying to you i'm like wow this is really like a survivor challenge like they had to like pull like pull each other up with like major body and leg strength and like climb towers yeah there's a lot of climbing there's a lot of like um bungee stuff like where you're like strapped in and like you bounce really high and stuff like that that's very 90s too yeah knee pads and bungee jumping yeah yeah uh also how lame were those prizes okay yeah that's like the one place where double dare kind of beat legends of the hidden temple i literally i i found some research that they were like the win rate of the temple is because they didn't want to give out prizes and i don't know if that's true or not but you can imagine if they have six other game shows they're doing that prize support might be a little thin, which is why you get Moon Shoes. Moon Shoes was hilarious. I've never heard of Moon Shoes. Uh, Ray, yeah, we got to get Rachel so a pair funny. of Moon Shoes listeners if you're if you're listening. Don't forget the Iowa brand A I W A Radical headphones and Walkman. Yeah. Um. One time they just said. An electronic game. I was dying at that. Yeah. It's literally just called an electronic game. It's like to a kid today, they would just watch this and just die. I mean, yeah. Ada, if you're listening, you got to go watch this. Imagine if the prize was just an electronic game. It's like the concept of a video game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, because it was so early in like video game technology right. that it's like it's an electronic game and it has a theme of like learning. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there I mean with the 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 legend that Omec Olmec would say every episode, there's clearly like an educational vibe to it. It reminds me a little bit of Wishbone or something where they're like the missing eye of David and you learned how like 
at one point, uh, you know, David and it's like, yeah, about the legends of like David and Goliath. Well, no, no, no. It's the statue of David. Oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But the oh, statue who, uh, of David uh, is David yeah, yeah, from yeah, David yeah, and Goliath. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was like about how the the artist's like uh, place was raided and the the statue was missing an eye and stuff. Yeah. And so you, you get to learn things. Yeah. Personally, though, Rachel. Yes. I loved he- Legends of the Hidden Temple growing up. Yeah, I bet. I mean, wait, you must have watched reruns, right? Because you were so young when this came right. out. Right. I did not watch the original airing. I used to watch a lot of shows on Nick Gas. Oh, that's that's that. Do you know what Nick Gas is, Rachel? Well, I, I, I guess it's not actual gas. Um, it sounds like it's kind of like the avert your equivalent of Nick, what Nick at night was like, well, there was Nick at night, which I also participated okay. in, but I grew up when Nickelodeon was like six channels because <laughs> uh, like yeah. cable TV had exploded or satellite TV had exploded at that time. So Nickelodeon gas was a separate channel. Nickelodeon games and sports is what it stands for. And that's why when we were watching those episodes of Double Dare, there was a little gas logo in the bottom right hand corner because those were the reruns on Nickelodeon games and sports. I thought that logo was like the YouTube channel that we were watching Double Dare on's logo. I didn't realize it was like, well, also it was just like such poor quality. I couldn't tell. Yeah. But okay, that makes sense. That's smart. Then they have this like other channel. It's like just replaying their programming that they've already paid for. The, I mean, the whole point of Legends of the Hidden Temple was to they did three seasons and done. And even though it was a huge hit at the time, they they didn't do more because they could make more money by just re-airing it. Yeah. They got it to the syndication number in those first three seasons because they did 50 episodes a season mm-hmm. and then they just called it good. Right. Um, so clearly that was a, a long-term plan. But of all the shows on Nick Gas, Legends of the Hidden Temple was absolutely one of my favorites. The show had everything a kid could want. It had testing your skills, adventure, and winning prizes. Uh, obviously, as a kid, I thought I could get through the temple, no problem. <laughs> um, but now as an adult and a game enthusiast, I feel like, why did they make the temple so difficult? Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like if you compare it to Double Dare, which in their final obstacle course, you won prizes at every stage. Yeah. And it was like so easy. And then the Legends of the Hidden Temple one was impossible it's like there's gotta be a happy medium between these two i mean they do get like a consolation prize but like the difference between like getting a cruise and like a free pair of reeboks Uh, like it's disappointing for sure yeah uh just to give you a little insight for fun as a child i would just jump off of high things (laughs) sure you know that's what kids do if i could just climb it and jump off of it i would roofs Playground structures, lots of things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Danger. So I had no fear. I, I probably should have, but I, I didn't. Did you wear a mouth guard like they do on the show? I didn't. I didn't learn anything from Legends of the Hidden Temple. I just thought it was so funny. Like on both shows, they make the kids wear like oversized t shirts with the logo and stuff on it. And, you know, knee pat and like, but on Legends of the Hidden Temple, it's like fingerless gloves, mm-hmm. <laughs> knee pads. And mouth guards for everything. Like, I understood mouth guards for certain things, but yeah. these kids, like, were being asked questions by the host, and they'd have to take this glob of saliva out of their mouth to answer the question. It's <laughs> like, Jesus. There's this one room in the temple in some of the seasons where it's like you have to say a password. Yeah. And the kid is just like. (laughs) Also, by the way, what was the password? It was open sesame. Well, there are three and it just depends on which episode you're watching what the right one is. But it's always the same. One of the three. Open sesame, uh, like long live Olmec. And then like. Uh, some quote from the day the earth stood still. So if still. these kids did their research, they could just like speed through this thing by doing a little bit of it's right. I mean, you could, but remember, uh, season one. Yeah, you didn't finished streaming like a, season two aired directly after season one because yeah. of the filming schedule. So I don't know if there was enough time to, to meta game. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so I'm jumping off of stuff as a kid, um, but unfortunately, most of the kids chosen for Legends of the Hidden Temple were from and around the Orlando area. So poor Oregonian Sam never had the chance to struggle to assemble the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. But watching this uh, over the last week gave me all kinds of feels. Uh, I think especially the music. There's this specific like music that happens like when they're explaining a challenge where it's like kind of going up and down at the same time that gives me like chills because it's just so nostalgic. And of course, Olmec's voice. Um, I believe that those two things never leave you. But Rachel... What did you think of your first chance at Legends of the Hidden Temple? Well, just from a Generation Gap perspective, you know, I'm here representing Generation X. Mm -hmm. And um, I have never heard of this show. Never, ever, ever. This is like my chemical romance. I had never heard of that. Um, Or what was the band we did in season one? Dashboard Confessional. I just like, yeah, never heard of these things. Um, like, I think that, yeah, I was impressed. This show is fun. It's, if you're comparing it to Double Dare, I mean, it seems again, unfair too, because look, what a little money (laughs) can do money an editor, uh, (laughs) and you know, money, time and technology, you know, the challenges were way more fun. The show itself is really engaging. It's entertaining. Like, it, it was just, like, better sets. There was music. Like, it just felt like they they got money and they just amped up the game. Mm-hmm. Instead of carrying a potato on a spatula, there was, the which was literally what they did on Double Dare, one of the episodes we watched, they got to go on, like, a mechanical seesaw that looked like something you would ride in an amusement park. Like, yeah. it was so cool, you know? Also, it wasn't just more fun and engaging, I was like actually curious watching as an adult. I'm like, who's going to win? Yeah. Like I was, I was invested the trivia race on the steps of knowledge or whatever. Like that was really fun. It built tension since it's both a race in addition to being trivia, you know? Yeah. One of the interesting things that they don't do on double dare is you, you can chime in at any time in the question. Okay. They're all multiple choice questions. But if you're smart and we're listening, you don't need to hear the choices read out loud. Right. If you're like the, you know, the patron of Leonardo was. And if you know that answer, you can just buzz in. Right. Because if you wait, they'll give you multiple choice options. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought like, so since there was a theme to the show, like this. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. The host isn't really a host. They're the guide. <laughs> yeah. He wears satchels. Yeah. Uh, that's, what's his name, Fogg? Kirk Fogg. Kirk Fogg, yeah. And I felt like Mark Summers felt on Double Dare felt like the pressure to, like, be the goofy host guy, do impressions and be funny. Yeah. But because there's, like, a theme and the host is not a host but a guide, he doesn't have to be silly. He can just kind of... Um, be a team rooter. Yeah. Like he's rooting on the kids to yes. win. He's more like a teammate. Yeah. And then the head, the talking head, Olmec, Olmec does all the like rules and all the talking that's like they have to listen to. And, and Kirk Fogg can just be, you know, Supportive. an ally. Yeah yeah. 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 That's very true. You have like a favorite part of the show? Um, I I thought the challenges were really good. Yeah. I thought the trivia steps thing, like I said, was cool. But yeah, like I think it's the final challenge. Those were pretty survivor esque. Like for, the temple games. For one of them, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Like for one of them, for anyone listening who's never seen <laughs> this either, like they there was these huge steps and in order to get up them you had to use teamwork because one person had to like be the step for the other person like you had to lift them in the air mm-hmm. so they could climb up then that person would have to pull you up and then you'd have to do the, you know mm-hmm. it was very cool yeah. yeah um yeah it's funny i will say like on double dare you're just waiting to get to that final obstacle course and i'm sure kids watching hidden temple also felt that way yeah. 
But since like you couldn't really win it, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like there were other elements of the show that were maybe more engaging. Oh, than the interesting. Final thing. Yeah. How do you think you would have done on Legends of the Hidden Temple? Would have taken <laughs> home that electronic game. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It would have been mine. Okay, Rachel. Now it's the time to test. Uh oh. Okay. I'm going to name a color or an animal, mm-hmm. and you have to tell me the other part of the name of the six teams oh, God. for Legends of the Hidden Temple. Okay, the choice is yours and yours alone. So on every show, the teams have the same names. Yes. Yeah. They didn't get to choose a snazzy name like the Riff Raffs. No, 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 no. And, and they're always the same. All right. Would you like an animal or would you like a color? Animal. Monkeys. Oh, they're not alliterative. Monkeys. Some of them are. The monkey one is not. Orange monkeys. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Silver. I'm sorry, you've already buzzed in. (laughs) It was incorrect. What was it? The green monkeys. We saw them win. We saw them win. What a day it was. All right, would you like a color or an animal? Animal. Parrot. Purple parrots? That is correct. The purple (laughs) parrots, the most losingest team in history. Aww, All right. Oh, just a weird stat. Color or animal, Rachel? I like what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going to go animal. All right. How about jaguars? <sighs> jaguars silver. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> How about iguanas? Silver? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> They're the there, orange there a iguanas. Silver team? How about barracudas? Blue. That's correct. <laughs> you really watched it, huh? I sure And then we've got did. snakes. Silver. That's right, the silver snakes. The other team we saw win. Great job, Rachel. Two out of six. Pretty bad. Shut it. Um, I would say, though, that this show is a good show. <laughs> but nostalgia makes it a great show. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot we were ending with, like, a lot of our episodes with like, is it good or is it just nostalgia? I feel like with both of these, I would say they're good. Yes. Because they, they really did what they were intended to do in their time. Like, you know, is double dare like great compared to today? It's kind of hard to do that, but for what it was at its time, I think it was really good. And it's nearly 40 years old. And, and, I mean, I was stoned, but watching it, it was fun. Like yeah. I had fun watching it. I was enjoying myself. Like I think it's a it's a fun show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done a lot worse topics on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I remember liked these both. when we All had right, to we're do nine oh two. We're not talking about those shows again. <laughs> not talking about. All those. right. Well, before we wrap it up today, uh, I do see there is a magical hat floating near you. Look, behind you. Rachel, I'm not scared of it. We do it every time. It's called the Hat of Time. The Hat of Time. All right. The Hat of Time is a mystical hat containing all things nostalgia, specifically from 1996 to 2008, a.k.a. our generation gap. When you dip your hand into the Hat of Time, it will show you something from your past. Or, to be honest, the way we've been doing it lately is sometimes it just shows us something interesting from our past that we want to talk about. It may not be like an iconic event like they were in season one. Am I right about that? I don't know what the hat is going to tell me. It's mystical. No, I don't know either. I'm just saying I may need to edit our intro. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we've ever read that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Here we go. Childhood prize winning. I remember it well. Yeah? I was. Did you ever win a prize as a child? <laughs> uh, yeah. So just like if I ever won an event, a prize. I mean, I definitely didn't win any sporting events, let's be honest. Okay. Those hardly come with prizes. Usually I, just a ribbon or a trophy or a pizza party. Those sound like prizes to me. I mean, there was no, it's electronic, no electronic game. game. <laughs> uh, yeah. I one time was at the, uh, there was like a fair at my elementary school. It was called a family affair. And I'm sure it was probably a fundraiser for the school. And I won two things. I don't remember how I won a goldfish, but I did a goldfish in a bag. Mm -hmm. My big winning 
was there was a guess how many gumballs are in a jar. Oh, yeah. I don't know. if I For some reason, I think I may have already talked about this on a previous episode of the show. And if so, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I made a guess. I was I had to be I was probably in fifth grade at the time and I got the closest guess. And so I got to take home the big jar of gumballs and it was like a huge mayonnaise jar from like industrial kitchens you know yeah 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 and um once i went through all those gumballs either eating them giving away or who knows throwing them away eventually that jar uh served the purpose of holding all of the notes that my friends and i passed Wow. From elementary, middle, and high school, which was like a lot of notes because we didn't have cell phones back then. Right. But instead, Can you, you would... all right. Yeah. Gen Z, imagine all your texts on physical paper. Yeah. And then putting it in a mayonnaise jar. It was so special, though. Like we would fold them really cool. We'd use different color pens, you know, and we would just like write notes to each other in class. And they were all, that entire huge mayonnaise jar was just filled with notes from friends. I think I eventually threw away all of them or most of them. Um, probably like after college when my mom was like, you got to clean your stuff out of the house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I won a big old jar of bomb bu- bubble gum balls. What about you, Sam? Mm, I remember specifically being passed over for many prizes. You know, there'd be like student of the week. And the whole thing was that everyone got to be student of the week one time, but they literally forgot me. That is such a millennial thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) But that's the worst part, Rachel, is because I was forgotten when everyone got to win. What? How? Like, this is in elementary school? Yeah. Aw. Yeah. That is sad. Because I was going to say, I mean, you did end up becoming the homecoming king. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was by popular vote. Yeah. That's what I prefer. Winners and losers. (laughs) Okay. Based on popularity. Yeah, absolutely. But I do remember, I think my dad won a raffle where he won a guitar and a How to Play Guitar DVD. Mm. Okay. And I decided I would teach myself guitar with that DVD. And really what that taught me was the names of the strings. And that was it. Oh my gosh. And I started taught, it all. I taught myself the rest. Yeah. It's based on a prize. Not that I won. Again, I uh, I didn't win a lot of those prizes. Well, you you won with years of knowledge of knowing how to play an instrument. Yep. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. That's what I consider a win. That is a win to me. <laughs> and you are the wind beneath my wings. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Rachel? Have we, you know, you know, traversed this generation moat? You know, are we the orange iguanas swinging our rope across this generation gap? Oh my God, we absolutely unearthed all of the hidden legends of the very visible temple. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so much for listening to this episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sam and Rachel Comedy. And if you like the show, please rate us highly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap is produced by Sam DeRose and Rachel Rosenthal with editing from Jack Barton. Our music is by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Our artwork is by Aaron Maybe Designs. And the snuggles are provided by Rosie the Galga. Mm-hmm.